I'm Christine. And my name is Keith. And this is your favorite Canadian, a podcast about your favorite Canadian people, places, things. In this case, your favorite Canadian actor. And it's episode five of our first season. Mm-hmm. Series. I like saying series. Season is <laughs> always a weird one to me. Um, so yeah, thank you. We've had a little bit of a break, um, but we are back. Yes. And we are excited to be back. Mm-hmm. I am anyway. Yes, I think you are too. I am. <laughs> we we still have the same panel. It's a new year, and we have fifty-one nominees who are in some. Uh, we're on a big what? list. Fifty-one. That's great. We do, yeah, yeah. Um, now, as noted, uh, in episode three, we went through the whole big, big list, mm. and we added four of our own. Um, I actually missed uh, a nomination for Faye Ray, and I asked myself, you know, whatever happened to Faye Ray? <laughs> and then I added her to the list. So um, so the last one of this round is going to be a, a three-person face-off. Great. Yeah, so... Tonight, we are back, episode five, and we are presenting, we're back to this now, we are presenting two face-offs tonight, two actors versus two actors. Yes. So, joining us on this episode, we have Heather, Mark, and Dan here to present, and Keith is going to present on one of our nominees as well. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Now, Full disclosure on this, up to this point, we've done every episode in person together as around a big table. Usually, actually, they've all been at Christine's house, except one was at Dan's. Um, Due to social isolation, social restriction, and social distancing, we are doing this one via Zoom. I miss Um, you all. So sound might be a little different. It's true. I'm glad to see all your faces, though, on a different platform. I have a lot more room, and I have no guilt about eating these this uh, Big Mac and fries right now. (laughs) Um, whereas I would have had to bring enough for everyone to share. <laughs> so tonight, um, we've got two face-offs. Um, now, Keith, who are you going to be presenting on? Raymond Burr. Uh-huh, that's right. And I will be facing off against Heather, who is presenting one of her original nominees. Jay Baruchel. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's an interesting face-off. It is, and there's very little in common that I could find, other than they both <laughs> yeah. have... Last name starting with B. They also have U's in both their last names. <laughs> wow, guys. I think we might be reaching here. Yeah. Yeah. And they both they both squint. I think they're both squinters. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely yeah. squint actors. Now, we'll have to okay, pay right. closer attention, I guess. <laughs> they're both Canadian. That's right. Hey! That's right. hey. Uh, is literally the most important criteria for this particular yes. podcast. I don't know where this can fit. They're actors, too. Hey. Yes. hey. They do act. Both, both male. Hey, we're on a roll. Yeah. It's like Sesame Street over here. We can find all the common things. All right. All right. Oh, we boy. did the randomization of the list, and some of the pairings are actually really because they the 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 the, the people have many things in common mm. um this one not quite it's all right and uh dan and mark you're all tonight who are you guys presenting uh this evening i will be uh manning the corner of one leslie nielsen oh, yes. love that guy yeah who doesn't 
Dan doesn't. That's who. Danny yes. Boy. Yes. Well, who Leslie Nielsen beat me up when I was seventeen. That's a lie. Actually. Uh, you probably deserved yeah. it. Well, men men with brooms is based on a beating that he gave me with a broom. Anyways, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm not allowed to talk about it. Right, we settled. I shouldn't have even said that. Oh, yeah, um, you can get sued by his estate now. Let's not get sued. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, I Tell will people for the sake of the podcast, Dan, that that was a lie. That is a complete, complete another <coughs> fabrication. Sure. Um, no, let's see. Nelson did never beat. Him. It was. It was. It was Paul. It was Paul Gross misconduct. On a roll here. Actually, but I feel Sitting like unmuting himself just for that. <laughs> I, 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 I do have a feeling that the that maybe both of these people visited my hometown. I may have to look up Mr. Nelson, but uh, the man that I am going to be defending, uh, Mr. Jim Carrey. Oh. A uh, a I think a dark horse in this race. Um, uh, did visit my hometown, and my sister-in-law actually waited on him during the Super Bowl one time. And he was apparently a very nice man and tipped extremely well. Was that? Did he not record? Was it Simon Birch? He recorded his scenes here, or there was something? Uh, no, it was uh, the prayer for Owen Meany. He played uh, uh, Owen Meany's best friend as an older man, and it was a very small cameo. And uh, they shot it in the church, um, actually, where most of my family were married. It was pretty cool. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. Yeah, anyways, I'm going to be defending. <laughs> we need to get depressing. The <laughs> prayer for open meeting is just hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, Jim Carrey did it all. I think um, extremely hey, hey, underrated. Hey, Dan, do you want to talk? Save it for the face-off. I am. Right? I am. I, am. I, have a, I just have a bone to pick with the people who have the bone to pick with Jim Carrey. And I know that two right, of them Dan. are here. Let's make uh, let's make everyone happy. Start talking about the boys of St. Vincent for a minute, will you? <laughs> oh! I declined that invitation. <laughs> uh, 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 okay. Now, in order to follow us and find out what we're up to and what we're doing, and also to vote, there's three recommendations. So you can find us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash your favorite Canadian. Make sure you spell favorite with a U. The proper way. <laughs> the Canadian way. With class. Mm, that's right. On Twitter at FaveCanPod, and that's F-A-V-E-C-A-N-P-O-D. And Facebook at FaveCanPod. As soon as this episode goes up, I'm going to put the polls to vote up on Facebook and on Twitter. And if, you so, if you're so inclined, you want to keep your vote completely confidential. If you are Jay Baruchel and you want to vote for Raymond Burr, um, <laughs> not quite going to work the other way. Um, you can email us at favecanpod at gmail.com. F-A-V-E-C-A-N-P-O-D, favecanpod. All right, so we're going to dive right into our face-offs. And uh, Keith, by random draw of names, you're up first, buddy. Well, it's my honor tonight to talk for a few minutes about Raymond Burr. Um, for most people, Raymond Burr's career comes down to four roles. Uh, the reality being that, uh, you know, like many of his time, he had a very long, prolific career in, especially in radio and uh, stage stuff prior to 
becoming a household name. But most people associate Raymond Burr with one or more of four roles. Uh, Perry Mason, um, the defense attorney. Ironside, the wheelchair-bound detective. His role in the uh, Godzilla, the American release of the Godzilla movie. And what is virtually kind of almost like a a very small series of cameos in in one movie, uh, Rear Window, where he plays the the villain, the main villain. Um, He was born in, I believe it was New Westminster, British Columbia in uh, 1917 and lived until 1993 when he he passed away of uh, of cancer. His his big role is absolutely Perry Mason, which was a role that it wasn't the first, but it was definitely the the innovator of the television detect or innovator of the television defense attorney. You know that that eventually gave way to all these other courtroom dramas. Um, why do I like Raymond Burr? Why do I think he is a solid candidate for favorite Canadian? Well, mainly because uh, he was certainly extremely talented. Was arguably the most famous Canadian performer of his time, uh, certainly on television. Uh, Perry Mason was such a popular character that the show ended and then, you know, many years later, 30 years later, I believe, uh, 20 some to 30 years later, he came back for a series of movies. And these movies were still popular and there was still demand for more Perry Mason movies right up till when he died. I think when he died, there was like 12 more movies contracted to be made. Um, And also at the same time, he, he brought... Ironside back as well in the same. Uh, what's really cool about his role in Godzilla is basically they took the old Godzilla movie and just reshot new scenes with him and dumped them in, and it was almost a completely different story. I mean, it was still about a giant lizard, but you know, he, he did that and then was very happy to come back in 1985 and do it all over again. So uh, um, he said it's just a joy to to play myself again 30 years later. So, um, I mean, as a performer, we, we know the four big roles. Um, and to be honest, there's not much diversity in those four roles. But if you look back at the work he did do over the years, um, it's really a, really an impressive body of work. Um, certainly one of my mother's, probably if my mother was to make a, a list of her top I'd say he'd even be in our top three favorite actors of all times. He was such a uh, such a voice for honesty and integrity, and and Perry Mason most often fought for the little guy, uh, and uh, Mr. Burr portrayed that expertly. There's a lot more about Raymond Burr I, I'd really like to share. There's a, a lot of personal life stuff. Uh, very, uh, very interesting life story. Um, a lot of it fabricated by himself and not found out until after his death. But I'm hoping that maybe Mr. Burr will destroy Mr. Baruchel tonight and go on to round two when I can, uh, we can talk a bit more about Raymond Burr. But uh, 
uh, of the four to of of the four tonight, he's certainly uh, certainly be a dark horse to make it all the way to the end. But uh, I think his fan base is strong enough that if if they know how to get connected to the internet, um, everyone else is into a is going to have a rough go. So uh, of the four tonight, if I had to pick, as much as I love Leslie Nielsen um, and and no shot at the other two. Raymond Burr would be my my pick. And that's all I have to say about that. Is there any questions or comments? Um, I, I think we really need to worry if Ozzy Osbourne fans find out about this because the whole time you're saying, yeah. in the back of my mind, I had the Perry Mason song going. It's true, though. Like, it, it, it was, I mean... I really got to look back and I know like Lucy had a theme song and the honeymooners had a theme song, but that was one of the first really ballsy theme songs for a, for a show. What, Ozzy Osbourne's Perry Mason. No actual Perry. Mason. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like, I think if they do reruns, if it's in syndication somewhere, like they should yeah. play the Ozzy Osbourne song over there. Uh, that'd be amazing. That would fit as the closing theme for it sure. Actually, it would be because that'd yeah. be the closing. But do you know? Do you know the actual? Do you know the Perry Mason theme though, Dan? The actual Perry Mason? No, I can't. I can't. I can't hear it right now. I remember watching like like uh, because I was just going to my grandma's house and she had um, uh, actually here in the North End was my great grandmother, uh, and she had two TV shows on all the time. It was Columbo and Perry Mason. I don't know. It was old school A and E when A and E was actually Mm. like almost a mystery channel. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Columbo, Matlock, and Perry Mason, all Mm. the time. Yeah, and I mean, like Perry Mason was definitely the precursor to, uh, to, to, uh, not so much Columbo, but definitely Matlock. I mean, the whole, Mm. you know, it was for. Yeah, it was formulaic, and it was, you know, a little Pollyanna-ish and at times a little maudlin, but it was exactly what it needed to be at that time, you know. Yeah. Um, and he What was, year did Perry Mason, like, what era was it? Uh, 50s. 50s okay. through 60s, late 50s, uh, late mid to late 50s to the early 60s, I believe. Let me just... Uh, okay. And then they did a lot of the made-for-TV movies afterwards, like, when he was much older. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's around the same time they were doing the uh, the the Ironside, the Ironside ones. Let me see. Perry Mason ran from fifty-seven to sixty-six, and then there were twenty-six made-for-TV movies from eighty-five to ninety-three, and I think there were twelve more ready to go when he was uh, when he passed away. Wow. Um, and it's actually, I'm just noticing now, he was actually ranked number forty-four of the greatest fifty television stars of all time by Time Magazine. So, I mean, we can snicker at that, but that is a, I mean, a lot of people have been on TV, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Very few have 12 movie deals. Like that's, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, for the, for the adults, when I was a kid, I mean, I would have been 14, I think when he passed away and that was a big deal. I mean, it wasn't Michael Landon big, that was huge, but Mm -hmm. it was like, Almost that big. People were. I mean, the the. the, I remember my mother and my aunt talking about it a lot, and you know they're they're not the type that 
really follow this sort of stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, but equally interesting as his career is is just his personal life in many ways. He was a uh, he was a, a closeted gay man in Hollywood at that point oh. in time, and it invented a biography that he told people that involved like you know, his wife passing away and his children dying and stuff like that. And people close to him knew what he was doing. Um, an extremely generous man, a very kind man too. Um, and, a, and a very, 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 uh, you know, uh, this none of this is particularly um, exciting stuff. And and I mean, I know we're, we're, we're thinking about a different era here, but... Uh, his contributions to early television were just uh, second. Well, you know, he'd be in the top group there for that. Well, that's great. Thanks, Keith. Thank um, you. So up against Mr. Uh, Burr is uh, Heather with Jay Baruchel. Yes. Now for something completely different. <laughs> completely different. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Well, I uh, chose Jay Baruchel, who I'm a big fan of. Um, I'll throw out some facts at you and then tell you why I'm a big fan. Um, so Jay has acting credits, writing credits, directing and producing under his belt. Uh, he was born in Ottawa, our nation's capital, but grew up in Montreal. Um, currently resides in Toronto, which he jokes is kind of selling out. He very candidly talks about having never wanted to move to the States. He loves Canada. He wanted to stay local and do local movies. So even just moving from Montreal to Toronto was kind of a little bit of a sellout for him. Um, interestingly enough, which I didn't, I just kind of found out recently, he attended the same high school as Christopher Plummer, William Shatner, and Melissa Oftermar. What? In, I know. Yeah, that's quite the high school, I would say. Um, he started acting around 12 or 13 in some Canadian classics, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Popular Mechanics for Kids. He got his big sort of Hollywood break in Almost Famous as the diehard Led Zeppelin fan. Not a bad start to a career. And he's been pretty steadily working ever since. Um, along with his acting movie and TV credits, he writes, he directs, um, and produces. He uh, was involved in the writing of Chapter House comic book, Captain Canuck. Um, his first foray into writing um, was his book, Born Into It, A Fan's Life, about his love of the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, yeah, he has 35 acting credits. I mean, the guy is like, not that old. I think he's like, you know, mid, mid to later 30s. Um, 18 TV acting credits, four producing, three directing, and five writing credits. He has been nominated for 12 awards, seven wins, including an Emmy for How to Train Your Dragon, my eight-year-old niece's personal favorite. And so the reason that I love Jay is because Jay is just a really likable character. Um, I genuinely do think he's a great actor. He first stole my heart actually in um, Million Dollar Baby. And late, I saw Almost Famous after. 
Um, but Million Dollar Baby, he was kind of fabulous. Um, and I, one of the major things, apart from him being a talented guy, is I just think he's such a great Canadian ambassador. He is all about Canada, uh, has a maple leaf tattoo right on his chest, which he bears in movies whenever he can. Uh, he's a staunch promoter of Canadian film, of doing films in Canada, hiring local. He has been candid about his dislike of filming a, uh, filming a movie in Canada with Canadian background, Canadian actors, and then throwing around some American money just to make it look American. Um, he, like I said, he's worked steadily from the time he was 12. He still does short films. He does indie projects. Uh, he's just kind of, he, he seems to me to be just be very down to earth and just likes the work. You know, he's never, he will say quite openly that he has no desire to be the big star or the, you know, the big Hollywood star. He likes the work. He likes staying in Canada. And yeah, I think he's done some fun stuff. He's, uh, contributed to quite a lot of Canadian projects. Um, I actually have friends in the film industry who have worked with him, said he's a stand-up guy. One, uh, <laughs> one film friend of mine actually tells the story of standing outside having a smoke with Jay Baruchel while Jay Baruchel ate his Popeye's chicken and shared it with the guy. So they just smoked and ate Popeye's chicken together. Just super down to earth, dude. Um, and yeah, I've also seen an interview with Seth Rogen, who is a good friend of Jay's and collaborator and co-star at times. And he talks about Jay kind of giving him a hard time about being in the States and saying like, come on, man, come back to Canada. There's lots of work here. There's, you know, come back and do some stuff with me. So yeah, I just kind of love that he's such a Canadian He's a funny dude. He's got some acting chops and he just seems to be a hard worker. He's always doing, working on something or writing something or yeah, he's a fun dude. He's Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon. Come on. That's endearing, you know. <laughs> that is endearing. So Heather, for, for me, if I was to be asked, remember that alien that comes to earth and says, what's the one thing I should watch that this person did for me with Raymond Burr, it's absolutely Perry Mason. Almost any episode from the original or any of the TV movies. Um, but for for you with Jay Baruchel, if there was just one project that you think Ooh. someone should watch, I know it's tricky. It is tricky because, I mean, I think comedically he's great. So any of his comedies, <laughs> you, you like, you're probably going to enjoy. But I don't know. For me, his in Million Dollar Baby always stuck out to me okay yeah he just yeah he's such a uh, for, for me character it's in that. yeah and see i i immediately go to how to train your dragon so it's funny eh? like yeah well yeah not me, not he, me. I, he I, does so goon. many different oh yeah good <sighs> my favorite hockey movie actually which he wrote and directed yeah he does, you know, he goes from Million Dollar Baby, where which is a pretty serious movie, and his character is quite like just tugs at your heartstrings, and yeah, um, to something really endearing. This kids' movie, How to Train Your Dragon, 
And then he's in these very kind of irreverent comedies that just crack you up on a totally different level. So it's, yeah, it's like, it's hard to pinpoint. I find what really stands out, you know, cause he's pretty versatile. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Like I, I would say of all 51 nominees, he's the one I'm least familiar with. Um, but as you talk, I'm like, no, no. Okay. I know that one. Yeah. 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 That one too. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that way. He's also not somebody like if, if you said name some actors with like range, uh, that's not a person that I would pick. And yet when you talk about the projects that he's been involved in, mm-hmm. there is at, l- at least a range of audience there, you know? Yeah. And he's a former yeah. childhood actor too, who did all right. You know, yeah. He, yeah. He the host yeah. for yeah. popular mechanics for kids. And a lot of people that start out as a child actor don't really tend to make it past like, you know, the, the teens, right? So he's like sure. in his mid-30s and he's still going pretty strong. Which is cool. I, uh, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the movie with the all the Hollywood assholes that get killed by the end of the oh, world. This, it's just this called is This the is the End. This is the this End. This is the yeah. End. This is the End. Yeah. He's hilarious in yeah. that. That whole yeah. movie cracked me up, man. And it seems like kind of like the older he gets. Like, I mean, if you look through his IMDb, like he's working pretty consecutively, you know, or consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, But it seems like, you know, as he's gotten older and as he's sort of gotten more kind of, I don't know if disillusioned is the right word, but I think he's never really wanted to be a big Hollywood star. And it seems like he's gotten in more into creating his own projects. For sure. Whether whether it's writing or or, Yeah, like he's he's making the work for himself. Well, it was the old thing that was Clooney used to say he makes two movies that are crappy to pay his bills and then he goes and does what he really wants. You know, so it's the crap, yeah, crap, like he's crap, got, crap, good. But not that there's crap there. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm. No, but he's got tons of shorts under his belt, tons of indie projects that he does, like does plenty of work here in Canada, tries to keep, you know, working here in Canada as much as he possibly can. Yeah. And, and bonus points for Are You Afraid of the Dark, of course. Yeah. Nah, of course. Yeah. He's actually, I mean, he's a fun guy. Like if you ever just want to YouTube, like his interviews and stuff, like he's a pretty fun guy. There. to watch like he's just so down to earth and quirky and kind of nerdy but funny and just he's like he's just an, an endearing character yeah, there was this movie i saw him in really early on in his career and it was like on like cbc late at night and i cannot remember the name of it but it like takes place in winnipeg and he's like this thug and he's given like 72 hours to to get this money back to a monster or whatever. And it's a really gritty independent Canadian film. I'm going to have to look it up, but yeah, he's, he does have that range. Like he can play that like hilarious comic, you know, or, or doofus or whatever, but he can also play like the meteor roles. Right. Yeah. I think if, uh, I think if Jay makes it to the next round, I'd love to maybe talk about some of his independent work and maybe some mm-hmm. of those short films that are, you know, I think, when uh, I think a lot of short films or independent films don't, they don't have as broad of an audience. So maybe we haven't even really realized how much we've missed. Right. You know? I also love, just have to say that the goon hockey team was the Halifax hockey team. Halifax Islanders. Yeah. So I love that he chose the East coast and uh, he actually, I know of one thing quite possibly more credits, but the, um, Drunken on Drugs, Happy Fun Time Hour. He was in, which was filmed okay. here, yeah, here in Nova Scotia. So just a fun connection to us here. 
Cool. All right. Shall we move on to our next face-off? Or uh, this is a this who might come out on top here. Well, I mean, I, I in my as 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 good as Heather's pitch was, and as as wonderful as Mister Barrichell sounds, uh, it's got to be Raymond Burr. I, I just I can't. Why? Legacy. Mm-hmm. Output. Um. And 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 the reality is, is I, I think, generationally speaking, yeah, maybe the maybe the the, the young pop might get uh, a lot of votes from the internet fans, but uh, I, I think. Uh, well, who's to say Jay Barishal won't have a legacy? So oh, he very well timing. may. He very well may. I, just, I he probably will actually. He's just I will not be dead voting yet. for. I'll be voting for Jake just because he is a Montreal Canadiens fan, by the way. <laughs> and he I'm also made it. He also made it to the finals on Canada Reads. Oh well, that's, oh, yeah, right. that's nice. yeah. That's close, yeah. So that's 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 the deal breaker for me. <laughs> Mark, what do you think? Uh, it's a, t- tough to say. They're pretty. Um... It's a very, very, as uh, Keith was saying earlier, generational matchup, right? You know, like, uh, I'd say as far as people of a certain vintage, Raymond Burr is clear heads and tails. Who's this young Jay fella? But then once you get, you know, down below a certain age, uh, like, you know, sitting in the middle, I know who both of them are. But Mm. once you get below a certain age, I don't know if a lot of people, like, they're only going to really know Perry Mason from the Ozzy Osbourne song. And that might only, only track to down to a certain age too. Right. So that's a tough one to call. Uh, I have to go with Raymond Burr because Jay Baruchel is a Montreal Canadian. That's not right, man. That's not right. That's wrong. <laughs> Your biased opinions. Play the hard work of this man. Honestly, I was just going to say, you're talking about Jay maybe having a legacy someday. Perhaps if you put Raymond Burr at the same age as Jay Baruchel up against each other, yeah, they would probably smoke him. Yeah. Destroy him. Yeah. At this right, point yeah. in time, I'd say more people in this world know who Perry Mason is at the very least, let alone Raymond Burr, than Jay Baruchel. How are people in Canada? That's a different question. That's why it's up to you, but the if voters. You, if you <laughs> I feel like you could say to anybody, like they might not know the name Jay Baruchel, but if you say, oh, he played this in this movie, or he was that guy in the background, or, you know, whatever. Like, he's yeah. in so much stuff that I mm-hmm. I feel like people would be like, oh, geez, yeah, like I know that guy. He's in everything. And that's that's why I absolutely made sure to to add graphics to her <laughs> on our thing of, of who these people are, despite potential copyright issues. Um, it's just because we do have a thing where half of us remember names, half of us remember faces. Um, you know, if like, if, if Mark and Dan, I mean, are any sort of example, people are just going to vote by uh, their favorite or least favorite hockey teams anyway. So. <laughs> Burr, Raymond Burr was the, uh, the, the left winger for the Flyers for three seasons. And, and Mark knows that one as well. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, he was, I think as he, well, he was not. No. You're going you're to get this. I think like, like Dan, you're going to get the sentimental factor as well with Raymond Burr. Like, 
How many mm-hmm. people remember, you know, walking into their grandparents' house mm-hmm. and they had Perry Mason on or... And, you know, that's why, again, it's it, that comes down to why it's favorite. I mean, there's just, mm-hmm. like Mark mentioned in, in an early episode, sometimes it's just, you know, for whatever reason, who pulls what heartstring. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm interested to see. This one is very much in apples and oranges. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and whether it's, you know, you know, one way or another, it's going to be interesting to see how it how it shakes down. It was Maybe. Heather and I actually are, are the people we presented actually won the first round. So like you and I, because Tantu won for you and Mary Pickford won for right. me. Oh, that's oh, right. Okay. That's right. There's two of our three undefeated streaks at that case right now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, Melanie has the other one. And yeah, we'll, we'll if see. If nothing Mel else comes episode. out of this, if nothing else comes out of this, I would just love to maybe coin the phrase instead of apples and oranges. It's a burr and bear shell. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could make. Maybe we could popularize that. I thought you were going for a Ray and a J, but it's Ray. Oh, yes. <laughs> Mark for the win. Thanks. You can call me Ray, or you can, or call, you can me call me J, or you could call me Ray. <laughs> That's great, and I am looking forward to seeing uh, how that vote plays out because I honestly have. No idea who's going to take that one. Yeah, that's going to be a toughie. Shall we move on to the next face-off? I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> uh, so again, Abs- by, absolutely. Again, by random name draw. Uh, Mark, you're up. All right. So uh, Leslie Nielsen, where to begin? Uh, over a hundred films under his belt. Over fifteen hundred episodes of television. Over two hundred and twenty characters. Uh, can pre- he's pretty much done everything. Um, you know, dashing leading man, uh, the Olivier of spoofs. Um, his work as he's less known for this, uh, but he plays an excellent villain. Uh, he's had a very, you know, a couple of uh, horror roles. Uh, his role in Creep Show is, uh, um, he uh, has the order of canada so i mean you don't get much more canadian than that i'd say for iconic roles airplane is the dead like everybody who knows anything about funny movies knows about this movie uh or they should at the very least um one of the most iconic one-liners of all time uh, i am serious and don't call me shirley there's probably people who don't even know who Leslie Nielsen are that know that joke. Um, his work in the Naked Gun movies, absolutely fantastic. Uh, not as well known for his earlier roles um, as a serious actor. Most people of a younger generation, I should say, myself included up until not that long ago, uh, only really considered him as comedic. He had a, a run of spoofs through the 80s and 90s, like, um, you know, Dracula Dead and Loving It and things like that. Wrongfully Accused, uh, Spy Hard. Um, and kind of like, I think those series of movies, starting with Naked Gun and like, you know, well, earlier on Airplane, um, really set off kind of the spoof mania of the late 90s through the 2000s. It was like every month there was a new spoof movie coming out after those. Um, but yeah, uh, really early on roles like Forbidden Planet, um, uh, oh, I'm forgetting the, the Poseidon one right now all of a sudden. Whoopsie. 
anyway, uh, yeah, um, super nice guy, super lovable. Like, just watch 30 seconds of any interview he's ever done. And uh, you can tell he's sharp and genuine and warm. Classy fella. Uh, yeah, there's there's no reason not to like Leslie Nielsen. He's had like, I think, 60, almost 60 years uh, of a career. So, I mean, we're talking about generational influences earlier in the episode. He spans multiple generations. My grandmother would have watched him as a dashing leading man. My parents would have seen him as both the leading man and a comedic genius. And then like people my age grew up on him. And he's also done a bunch of like kids shows and uh, kids movies, done voiceover work. Um, yeah, he's got it all. Uh, I could go on, but I think I may have used up enough time. Well, so. you know, I mean, maybe we want to save some for if he makes it through to the next round anyway. Of course. So. Yes. Yeah, that was great. I have a very nice recap of Leslie Nielsen's career. Uh, mm. What do we think, folks? Thoughts about Leslie Nielsen? I adore Leslie Nielsen. My uh, memory of is watching the Naked Gun movies as a kid with my parents and just all of us just in stitches. Um, and I agree with Mark. He just has this like, like teddy bear kind of appeal about him. Um, I did not know he ever really played villainous roles. I'd be curious to see those. Ooh. The, the Creep Show, it's like an uh, um, anthology sort of thing. It was uh, Stephen King and um, uh, Romero, I believe. It was it's based on an old comic book. So they did like a comic book style. There was, I think, four to five stories in it. And he's actually, his the one he's in is with Ted Danson. And he is terrifying, so intimidating. And like Ted Danson is wow. a pretty big dude himself. But like his performance in that is is bang on. Do you know, Mark, like, did he go over to primarily comedy because he just got to a point where he realized that was what he was good at and that was the roles that were coming in, or...? He always, after he did, um, when they did Airplane, uh, they were looking to cast people against their type, so they wanted mostly known serious actors at the time. You know, people like Robert Stack okay. and... Um, uh, Peter Graves. Yeah, yeah, guys like that. So uh, that's how he got cast yeah. in that role. But after they were talking about him being cast against his type, he always said he had always been cast against his type up until then. Because yeah. like, when he right. broke in, he <laughs> came in into the 50s, right? And he was a good looking guy. So they just, you know, leading roles, leading roles, make him serious. And uh, so you just kind of, you go where the work is early on. I think he did something like 46 television appearances in his first year. Um, yeah, he was a, a disc jockey before that, and I think he did a brief stint in the Navy, I believe it was. Um, but then, yeah, he just sort of took off, and it wasn't until Airplane that he got really recognized. I don't think anyone was was considering him for comedic roles until then, and then he just sort of took off. He's definitely, in my opinion, I mean, one of the like comedic slapstick greats. Like he, mm. he def he definitely sort of owns that genre for sure. Well, he was so brilliant in delivering every line like it was dead serious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was all those years from playing those kind of characters. Like, it's funny you mentioned Forbidden Planet, which is, I love that movie. It's hilarious. Like, it's one of the only older films I really remember seeing him in, although I watched a lot of old movies and I feel like I've seen him before, but he's just so serious as the captain. And I remember there's this, there's this one scene that I absolutely died laughing because of course on this planet and in a science fiction movie, there's one girl and <laughs> they're all, they're all pining after her and the navigator liked her. And, and then uh, they have this little moment <laughs> Leslie Nielsen and this like second officer, or whatever. He's like, well, it looks like you got her. He goes, well, the better man won. And then he's just like, yeah, well, what are you going to do about it? And then the scene just breaks. And I just died laughing because it reminded me so much of his later work. It just, it could have been a scene from Naked Gun or, you know, a police squad or whatever. It it's a so little unfortunate that, like, to go back, if you've only seen him as the comedic roles, to go back and watch him in his serious yeah. stuff. Mm. It is, like, it's it's very subtle, the difference in delivery. Very subtle. Mm -hmm. So you can mistake it for that sort of. Mm. Poseidon Adventure is the one I think of where he's the captain. That's um, I couldn't remember the name of. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and, and I think it's a testament to his ability that with making very little change, he can go from dead serious to hilariously funny. Not really based much on his delivery, but the context in which his character is. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's quite intriguing, actually. Uh, I mean, Dan mentioned it briefly, but Police Squad, the TV show that Naked Gun was taken from, was where I first saw him. I was quite young. My father loved it and watched <laughs> it. He used to go. I think PBS used to crack it out during the the, the, the pledge drives. Um, I could be wrong, or there were marathons. Um, and then, of course, he he did marry Dorothy's Bornack. So, you know, at the he end, did. Of the yeah, at the end, he played Blanche's uncle who married Dorothy, and Dorothy went to live at the planet. Oh, okay. For a second, I thought you mentioned real life. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, right? I, yes, okay. I like something that a, both of, a couple of you have mentioned so far is like that dancing around a serious, like a dramatic part and a deadpan slapstick. I think mm. is really interesting to be able to like to have somebody who has that skill of dancing around that that like playing that nuance so carefully and so skillfully. Yeah. Um, there was a McLean's, I think, article from uh, some time ago that actually like raises the questions, was Neil Leslie Nielsen even funny? And, <laughs> <laughs> right? and I, I read that, I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, but you know, you can kind of see why people might find that an interesting question anyway to yeah, examine yeah. just because like do you just take somebody who has the right look and the right timing and who is a dramatic actor and put them in a comedy and mm. make it work i think it is yeah i think it's more skill there's more skill required than yeah, that it's, but. it's not just the absurdity of everything exactly, happening around yeah. them and in in sure. like those those settings it's the tiniest of tiny timing and nuance to be mm -hmm. able to turn from the dead serious to maintaining that basic thing, but having it work in that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like Mark pointed out, like, uh, you know, when Leslie Nielsen first started doing these spoof movies, I guess like it really would have sort of been the beginning of, of that genre. Like it was a very different style mm -hmm. to take mm -hmm. these like serious, you know, the bond style, like hero movies and just totally spoof them and 
Because he, because he, he remained like that was the interesting part about his comedy is that it wasn't <laughs> your obvious jokes or you know your typical mm-hmm. like he was the serious guy, but he was so absurd and so good at it that it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Mm. I yeah. think uh, in contrast, maybe we'll move along. <laughs> 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 to now, Dan's presentation. We're going from someone, a master of subtle comedy to someone who spent 20 years smacking us in the face with it, with it like a shovel. Absolutely. No, no, no. Okay, so this is my, this is, this, my whole defense of Jim Carrey here. All right, Dan. As, is going to be my bone that I have to pick with people who have a bone to pick with Jim Carrey. Okay, so I, I don't know Jim Carrey as a person. I never met him. I heard once that he is a very good tipper and a very nice man and some stories when he did that one uh, scene in my hometown for that, uh, the uh, John Irving movie. Anyways, <clears throat> Jim Carrey uh, from uh, Toronto, or at least from Newmarket, Ontario. Um, he uh, started out as a comic. He did stand up and proved his timing. And like he, uh, he ended up um, touring with Rodney Dangerfield. I think it was Rodney Dangerfield's opening act. And then, um, I think they went to, I was just researching. <laughs> they went to Vegas and he said, screw it, I'm going to the comedy store. And he went to LA and then made it as a comic there. And then he got on in Living Color and he earned his stripes in sketch comedy and got noticed and he got a couple more specials and then blew up overnight. And in 1984, he, sorry, 84, 94, he did Ace Ventura, The Mask, and he did uh, one of the best comedies ever, Dumb and Dumber, in the same year. That is a work ethic that uh, anyone can respect. I mean, it make, it, the guy's work ethic at that time was unbelievable. And then he made Ace Ventura 2 after that. And then he did, um, oh, my God, he did the Batman movie. He's just blown up all over the place. Um, and he made, he made a, a ton of attention at the start as this physical comic because a lot of his – Early stand-up was completely based on this, this his physicality. Um, I mean, if you look at the movie The Mask, and if you look at uh, The Grinch That Stole Christmas, I think he made it like 20 years later, there's no one else could do that role. There's no one else who could have done it. There's no one who would have had that slapstick um, physical comedy that was complete natural at. But if you look at the trajectory of his career, he did all this sketch comedy stuff after stand-up, and then he did these movies, and then he did the ultimate buddy comedy, which I still quote to this day. I love that film. I don't care what anyone says. I think it's one of the best three-act comedies ever written. And um, you see he really picks up his timing. And, and it's so crazy that everyone gives him such crap for, you know, oh, they talked with his butt or whatever. And... <laughs> But right at the peak when he's nailing this, he's like, he's off, he's done. And then he does all these great dramas all right back, back to back. Like uh, his gold, he won two Golden Globes and he won a SAG for um, Man on the Moon. Um, cool, really cool documentary called Me and Andy. If you haven't seen it, it's really neat. Um, and he also did uh, Eternal Sunshine and of Mine. And he also did um, The Truman Show, which he won the his second Golden Globe for. And he just showed everyone that he, he's he's a real he's a real artist, he's a true actor. Because for some reason, we never really respect comedy in in the world of arts. That's why, like, no, I don't think any comedy has ever won Best Picture in an Oscar. I don't think any comedic role has ever won an Oscar at any point in time. Um, 
it's it's a fact you gotta like you know be in training day before they give you a best factor before all your best work for some stupid reason uh, not gonna get into that uh but for some reason we have this idea that that if you're a comic and you're a comedian you're not a real you're not a real actor and it's so funny we're talking about leslie nielsen he came up their two careers mirror each other in the exact opposite way where jim carrey started as a comic and became a dramatic actor never got those those oscar nominations because he wasn't a real artist he was just a comic but where leslie Nelson starts off as a dramatic actor and later does comedy. It's like, oh, well, it's brilliant because a real artist was making his laugh, you know? And I just think that's unfair. I think Jim Carrey has been, um, he was plagued with too much early success. And a lot of people look back at some of the early stuff he did and they don't realize that the guy was just on this, on this mission. And uh, I, I think he's highly underrated. And I think he gets, uh, I think he gets a bum rap, really. Um, and I will just, I'll just end with the, um, that he's, he's, he's not done. He's still doing really, he's always kind of reinventing himself. Uh, I think probably as a person too, because I've seen some interviews that are really off the wall, but I, I really do enjoy it. Sometimes I'm, I'm watching it and the guy is just such a brilliant comic. I wonder if he's, it's just a gag, if he's just messing with us. And um, some of his recent stuff he's done, some of his television shows and his films are really interesting and he's producing now and, uh, you know, we we're talking about uh, Jay Baruchel not really being done. I don't think Jim Carrey is even close to being done. And I just think it's unfortunate that he gets this bum rap as not being a real artist because he was so um, popular and successful early on with his physical comedy. And it's it's a shame. And I think he is uh, he's one of the favorite Canadian actors of – I actually idolized him when I was a kid. So, yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> See, I don't. I don't know if. I mean, do you really think he gets a has a bad reputation just because he's a? a I think so. I, because I, 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 I feel like I actually, I personally anyway have always appreciated his dramatic work. More. I think Jim Carrey sort of has like a reputation for kind of like more lowbrow humor. You know, yeah. the, which like, he hasn't done in twenty years. Uh, but no, he, absolutely. Well, actually, Dumb and Dumber 2 did, was not that good of a movie. Yeah. And, but, I mean, not everyone hits a home run, you know what I mean? And, no, and that movie sure. was so popular, they probably dropped off a huge bag of money in this front door. Because um, <laughs> there's no way you could do that movie without boy. But, you know, he's not the only victim of being a comic not being recognized as a real artist. And you guys may cringe and roll your eyes at this one. But Cutting Gems with Adam Sandler was a great movie. Um, and the guy got snubbed at all these award ceremonies, not even getting nominated. And I personally am not a huge Adam Sandler fan. I like them on SNL, and I like his first few movies. I'm not a big fan of his comedy. But um, someone told me he gave the movie a chance, and I did. And he was, he was awesome in it. And he was also awesome in um, – Punch Drunk Love. I can't remember who directed that. Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, just yeah. thinking of that he, one. Yeah, and he did a great job in these films, but he is not—he's not given any kind of recognition at all, right? But because he was a comic first, and I think that's kind of Jim Carrey's early success as Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, um, Fire Marshal Bill, um, the already then stuff, and The Mask, mm -hmm. and you know, at the time it was 
I mean, these movies were making hundreds of millions of dollars. If, if this kidding. was Canada's favorite actor for 1994, <laughs> he would win, right? No, I'm saying uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, people are judging yeah. him based on like 20 years yeah. ago. The yeah. stuff he's doing now, and I but really do. You, mm, go ahead. He sorry. did get a he did get awards for that stuff. I mean, you you said like he did get you know, a, a decent amount of recognition for Man on the Moon and- uh, Oh yeah, for sure. But, you know, uh, like he, mm -hmm. but I think, yeah, because he hasn't done stuff in a while, I think people tend to, they look back to the original. He, he's doing a lot right now. He's he's doing a lot right now. He has, uh, a, he has a TV show that's award-winning TV show. Um, oh my God, he made the, uh, he, Lemony Snicket's films. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, God, I can't remember the name of the show he's doing right now. Kidding, it's called. And okay. he's he hasn't really stopped. He's just he doesn't tend to just make three movies in one year like he used to. Like yeah. he doesn't make mm -hmm. the same style as film. And I think like most people, when they say you say like, oh, Jim Carrey's in it, you're like, oh God, the, that guy, you know, like they're remembering his his pinnacle of success, but I, I don't think that's fair. And and for what he did, like, you know, I was just going to talk about his career, but um, when, after the Sandy Hook um, tragedy and the movie Kick-Ass 2 was coming out, um, he came out and denounced being a part of the movie because it was a lot of gun violence in the film. And, um, and a lot of people gave him a lot of slack for it. And he responded by making a parody um, music video with a local group that is um, – it's a spoof on an episode of Hee Haw. It's supposed to be on the hee-haw show and they're doing like a spoof on gun control and i mean doing stuff like that that's that's cool you know i i, I don't think that anyone should really knock him for that but like he's still he's very he's changed a lot <laughs> if you've yeah. seen interviews with him recently he's definitely changed a lot but i like that you know he's just evolving yeah i mean said, like he's there's a lot of things that have come out recently that he's said like quote you hear from him or whatever like mm -hmm. he's kind of off the wall some people are even saying like you know is he kind of like emulating Andy Kaufman and what you know that when he kind of like that with that humor um but then again I, I read quotes here and there from him or whatever and I feel like he's sort of kind of on the pulse right now in terms of the society and the world like certain things he says that just I'm kind of like wow crazy mm -hmm. Jim Carrey really it's mm -hmm. at home he's very vocal <laughs> the, about no. like mental health stuff too yeah yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna this this Andy Kaufman Jim Carrey thing has bothered me since day one I am a huge Andy Kaufman fan and the, reason, the reason it worked and this is not knocking him as an as a as the nominee here but the reason Andy Kaufman worked is because he's all he was all in mm -hmm. every time oh. that's what you were getting you didn't know what it was going to be, but he was committed to it, and that's the life he mm -hmm. lived. Jim Carrey turns it off and turns it on when he feels like it, or when 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 the stars are aligned a certain way, or when 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 certain uh, uh, inoculations or whatever are out there. <laughs> Unfortunately, making that comparison to Andy Kaufman is insulting to Andy Kaufman. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed Jim Carrey's performance in mm -hmm. Man on the Moon. I despised Jim and Andy. It was the most self-indulgent garbage I'd ever seen in my life. It is um, a spicy. 
it is an awkward it's awkward it's hard to watch but like i mean you have to, it, it's one of those things like where it's it's like that uh rubbernecking uh horror like, like oh don't look up nothing to see here folks you're just sort of you can't help but stare like i mean he like dove into that role like to a point where it was like almost traumatizing for like the makeup artists and the and i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna disagree the, the and stuff like that I, like I don't think, based on what I've seen and read, that he dove into that role. I think there was a publicity machine behind that. What I see is Jim pretending to be Andy, pretending to be uh, Tony Clifton, and that's just one step too far removed. Andy Kaufman went all in. Uh, I think Jim Carrey wanted people to believe he went all in. That Mm -hmm. being said... Great performance. Truman Show, fantastic. Loved that cameo in Simon Birch. I really liked mm-hmm. him in the Dirty Harry movie he was in, and I loved everything he did on In Living Color. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. However. In Living Color was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, he was he was brilliant on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, however, and, and I mean, I I didn't like inter- Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but it wasn't his fault. Mm. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I loved that, that movie. Adventure. I know. That was a Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, that is Charlie Kaufman. Kaufman movie, yeah. See, my my relationship with Charlie Kaufman and Charlie Kaufman doesn't know anything about this because he's never heard of me. But <laughs> my, my relationship with Charlie Kaufman has consistently been that sounds like an awesome movie, and then I see it and I'm like, eh, something's just missing um, mm. for me. I still. I, I love the writing. See, I find I that when I watch him for whatever, a lot of times I'll watch, I guess, comedians who are put in more dramatic roles and you, there's like a lack of authenticity or something. Mm-hmm. I almost hesitate to say that because I don't even know how you really define it and when it comes to, you know, film acting. Mm-hmm. But, um, but with Jim Carrey, when I watch him, I really do believe, even if he's a playing a weird character i think the yeah. problem with man on the moon is is for any would would have been for any actor to try and apply that sort of like biography performance mm-hmm. to somebody who was so intense and so immersed in their work and their performance mm-hmm. i think he did it as well as anyone like yeah, sure, yeah. And, um, and and the man on the moon is not a comedy it's a drama right so you have a guy who's a comic playing a comic in a drama i mean that's a really and tough... it's so uncomfortable it yeah. is it's yeah. very uh, it's very exactly how kaufman right? wanted you to feel yeah <laughs> and like you know that one scene in uh, man on the moon where he tells them all that he has cancer and they're and danny devito is just like no you can't do that it's not funny and he's just mm-hmm. and they all think it's a big gag and you know he's trying to tell them i mean that scene is the more most heartbreaking in that film i thought like you know it's uh it just shows like i just i just keep going back to my, my argument that if you're the comic first and the dramatic actor later you tend not to get the cred it's sort of I don't think it's fair. I agree I with you Mr. there. I think Mister Mister Carey has 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 had an amazing career, and well, that's probably amazing. should have been nominated for at least two Oscars. And never was. And that's Dumb and Dumber a really good is point, like the, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good point. Like, and it's 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 a it's, it's almost a patronizing thing you see in the media all the time. The the entertainment media. It's like, oh look, a comedian is trying to act. Isn't that cute? You know, yeah. <laughs> like like Robin. Yeah career they the main performances and dramas and they kept mm-hmm. going oh my goodness where did this come from it's like well yeah. look 30 years ago he was doing it then and you were amazed then you know it's like 
awakenings and then goodwill hunting. I totally agree with you. But uh, in that vein, I would say all the more reason to vote for Leslie Nielsen because he was smart enough to do it in the right order. (laughs) (laughs) Mark also is just like, did you notice him trying to manipulate the audience by saying if you're smart about comedy, you would know how great this person is. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm not manipulating. That's manipulative. I'm encouraging them. actively to vote for the person I'm representing. I'm doing my job. Through manipulation. (laughs) For me, I think a lot of the Jim Carrey hate just comes back to hashtag not my Riddler. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, he's had had some pretty bad movies. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's, I don't, I didn't like Liar Liar and there was another one too, but I, oh, there's a couple of dramas that he did. When you have a year like he had in 94, like Ace Ventura didn't, doesn't age well, actually. I don't recommend going back and watching it. No. But at the time, it was huge. The Mask, that would probably still hold up. I haven't watched it in a while, but that was huge. My favorite of that bunch, actually. Dumb and Dumber is brilliant. It still is. It still holds up for me anyway. Um, But uh, like Mm -hmm. some of the jokes, maybe not so much, but the overall vibe and presentation of it's great. Oh um, no, no! Those jokes hold up, my friend. There's, there's one or two that—that's a whole other conversation about comedy. Okay. Like the the check please joke. It's it's been beaten to death since. It's mm-hmm. not the joke's fault at the time. It's the fact that it worked so well. It got overused a bunch. Things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, to have a year like that, mm-hmm. whatever you do afterwards especially if it's a shitty, terrible Batman movie, is going to have a hard time, right? Like, you, mm-hmm. you, set, yeah. you set a bar that high, mm-hmm. people are just, the next thing you do, even if it's just decent, they're going to hate it. And that wasn't yeah. that good, so it really looked bad on them. And that's mm-hmm. a hard thing to bounce think, back from. I think, too, we tend to give actors sometimes, like, more credit for what they choose. Like, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. as an actor, you do a movie, you read a script... You know, it, it appeals to you. You do the film, but you really have no idea what that film's going to be like until it's yeah. edited out and completed. Even like and you've I've already many, signed the contract and you've got to walk on stage yeah. and see it all. Yeah. I've heard many actors say like, yeah, that was a flop or that was, you know, in retrospect, a choice I wouldn't have made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't he might, what I expected. Yeah, yeah. And he might even, you know, even back to Man on the Moon, he might look at how he approached that role and how he went in or whatever. And he might say now, like, I would have done it differently had I had the time back. Or, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I maybe I wouldn't have done that. Or, like, you know, it's hard well, to he, know. He, he actually what, said he went to a beach. What are you laughing beach. at, Mark? No, no he, he actually said he went to, to went to a beach before they started filming and asked Andy to enter his soul. And See, he, he just was like, it was just like, he, he was like, he was that, like, I think it was a, a spiritual thing for him. I think it was his, his idol and the guy he kind of wanted to be yeah. like. And he just, yeah, or it's, after but the I think, fact, he, he liked people to think that, you know, possibly, yeah. I don't know. Well, possibly. yeah, and I, I was going to say, like, for, because of because of the background that he's coming from, because oh. of this, the comedic success that he's coming off of, like, mm-hmm. it's really hard not to put that idea out of your head that, like, mm. this whole thing might be performance art, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Andy and Kaufman I, himself made you question that, like, you know, what was real yeah. and what's not, and totally changed comedy and, you know, was just a completely unique 
character, it's mm-hmm. going to be hard. Way ahead of his time. He would have done very well on the internet. Totally. Andy but who, whoever was going to play Andy Kaufman was, I think, going to be under major scrutiny. You know, it was going to mm-hmm. be a yeah. tough. Yeah, it's it, it's a tough role, but I it's I don't think anyone else could have done it. Well, there's just certain films, roles you see now, you can't see anyone else doing it. So that's one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Including the Riddler. No. <laughs> <laughs> So now Kilmer will always be my Batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we do oh, Ken and his favorite Batman so someday? Yes, please. Yeah, by uh, the way, there's a lot I'm of I'm a Michael Batman. Keaton man myself. Yeah, yeah me too. I'm a Michael Keaton man. <laughs> 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 Things you learn during socializing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I have I, I think if if I were voting, well I will be voting, but it should be by secret ballot, but I'm going to tell you right now, I would vote for Leslie Nielsen. H- however, Thank you. however, I will say that like it, Jim Carrey's big smash comedies have never been my favorite. And a part of it is a bias because my little brother was like the hugest fan when we were younger. And I was just like, Somebody forget it, whatever, me. whatever you're into, I hate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't really interested in it at that time, but I kind of, I got more interested in Jim Carrey's performing in like Truman Show and Eternal Sunshine. And so mm-hmm. I have always been more interested in, in him, I think, as a more dramatic actor than the sort of like huge physical comedy. I'm with you there, Christine. His, his comedy style was never my preference of comedy. Um, but I, I got to give the guy credit. Like he does have chops. I think it's a tough yeah. call, but I don't know. I think it's a tough, like... I will be voting for Leslie Nielsen. Um, my yeah, vile, it's broken. My vile diatribes against Jim Carrey are, are mainly related to the Man on the Moon stuff. I, I just, I was, as an Andy Kaufman fan, I was offended. <laughs> it was a pale, it was a pale uh, attempt at, in my opinion, publicity. But I hope you're offended by the whole team involved in that show, because I don't think it was just Jim Carrey behind that. No, it was it was yeah, a much weird. PR people. No, it left a sour <laughs> taste in my mouth. And honestly, Jim Carrey, if I look at this list of 51 people, Jim Carrey for me would get the vote long before a lot of them. Same um, here. Yeah, but I'm kind of bummed I had to go against him yeah. with Leslie Nielsen. Just not Leslie Nielsen. I mean, right? Just, but for me, it was such a. Uh, such a, a fabric of my childhood, those naked gun police squads. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and then later going back and watching some of the older stuff, Poseidon Adventure was one in particular that just always seemed to pop up. A&E played it a lot mm-hmm. back when it was arts and entertainment and not answer these trivia questions that will tow your car away. Um, <laughs> although that, that's actually Spike, I think. <laughs> it's hard to tell the difference these days. I know. I remember when Bravo played opera. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're dating yourself now, huh? Well, that was an Alec that was the Alec Baldwin line from 30 Rock, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> um so yeah, uh in voting for this one will be open from the time the episode goes up until June 9th. June 9er. And voting can be done via Twitter at FaveCanPod or on our Facebook site. Or you can also email us at FaveCanPod at gmail.com. That's F-A-V-E-C-A-N-P 
P-O-D. That's right. We're going to be back in around three weeks' time. Don't wait. Um, <laughs> we'll do other stuff, and then we'll post. <laughs> no, vote right now. We'll be back in about three weeks' time, and, and as of right now, it's scheduled to be the whole panel doing three face-to-faces. I'm actually sitting out that night as far mm. as presenting. What? I have to present? Yeah, you're presenting. I'm just oh, kidding. I know. Oh, oh, sorry. You <laughs> get to present, Christine. I get to present. I have a good one, yeah. too. So I'm excited to find out. Our next episode will have the results from these two polls, as well as three new face-offs. Mm-hmm. And... They are, in random order, Heather presenting one of her original picks, Mr. Gordon Pinsent, facing off against Martin Short, as presented by Matt. Oh, that is brutal. That's a tough. That's a rough one. That's that's rough. I I heard almost skipped the beat there. I thought Martin Short was going to be a special guest for (laughs) today. Martin Short was representing himself. (laughs) And if you (laughs) and if you thought Raymond Burr versus Jay Baruchel was an apples and oranges situation, wait till you see Dan presenting Lorne Green. Against Mark presenting Pamela Anderson. Oh. <laughs> right. Got my, my work cut out for me with that one. And finally, what will be our main event of the evening, I suppose? Ding, ding. It's what we're calling Battle of the Notebook. Ryan Gosling, presented by Melanie, Ooh. against Rachel McAdams, presented by Christine. That's right. Another tough one. <laughs> And these were all, of course, randomly generated. I was really glad that like, this one popped mm-hmm. up. And it was a Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Christine, while Melanie's yeah. not here, would you like to slander her character at all? So she can't, before she her can character. Herself? You know what? <laughs> Melanie's character. I don't need to because I feel Rachel McAdams' work really stands for itself. Speaks for Hi, itself. She doesn't have to slander Melanie's character. Also, I heard it Ryan Gosling hates puppies. thank you heather he kicks them in his spare time i will send that e-transfer right now (laughs) until then uh feel free to engage us drop us an email drop us a message visit our facebook site visit our twitter let us know what's going on i would really love if some people wanted to like share an audio file of why they love a particular actor somebody especially somebody who's coming up on a on a facebook face off soon um yeah so if you have thoughts you want to just like record a little voice memo and send it to us i would love to have some of that to play and just hear from some listeners about who their favorite canadian actors are and why yeah, tell us how much you love leslie nielsen please yes and if you were at the eleanor memorial pew rank in 1986 and saw a young boy beaten with a uh curling <laughs> stick we are still <laughs> <laughs> Looking for eyewitnesses. Sorry. Very hard. Oh, God. Worst and best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> now that's committing to a bit. Oh, God. Uh, and now that we brought everything full circle, thank you all. Oh, it was so like nice to see wrong. all your faces and get back to this. This is really, really, really nice. Yeah. Thank you, panel. And we'll see you all in a couple of weeks for our next episode. 
So until then. <laughs> wherever you are. And whenever you are. Don't touch your face. <laughs> drink your Javex. <laughs> wherever you are and whenever you are. Thanks for listening.